Fans have been talking about something being wrong with Marvel. Fans are so used to seeing people in Hollywood take things that they love and completely and totally destroy them that when they do the opposite, when they actually make a movie for the fans, people are kind of surprised about it. I didn't hear really anybody talking about it. I didn't even know it had premiered until I saw Director X made a video and people started tagging me and it's like, hey, he used your video while talking about this. And yeah, IMDb came out. Before anyone had made a video about this is getting destroyed. It was sitting at 1.6 on IMDb. Let's talk about the Marvels because a couple days ago, maybe yesterday or something, this article started going around about all of the plot leaks allegedly. South Park's joining the Panderverse special where all their main characters were race and gender swap, where they were gonna take on Woke Hollywood. Good day. Dude, I, I have like a hype video entrance. I feel like a WWE wrestler. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome, that's, dude. I love it. Yeah, I always try to get I always try to get a, a, like an individual hype reel for whoever's on the show, make them feel comfortable, get them jacked. Uh and um yeah, that one turned out pretty good. Um for those yeah, I think that, this would be more amped than listening to myself as if I don't of, do that <laughs> enough every day. Yeah, as a YouTuber, it's one of my favorite things is um, watching my own videos. It's it really it's it's just like it's soothing in a way. God, it's it is the worst for like for people that aren't like content creators to have to listen to yourself. Like you record a video and you gotta. I, I usually will edit it and upload it so I can do it in double speed, so I don't mm -hmm. have to waste too much time listening to myself. It is the worst thing in the world because you hear every little fault, every little sniffle, everything you, every stupid thing you did, you notice, but you're like. Uh, it's got to go up at some point when you get old and and uh crusty like me dude you won't even watch them back i don't even watch them. i record it i know that there's like three seconds of dead space in the beginning and at the end i go chop chop upload i don't even watch it back which leads to some pretty hilarious uh you know goofs and gaffes where i you know i sneezed or i was looking up porn or something like that and i didn't realize i was still on camera but you know that's the that's the trade-off when you do 700 videos a day well, every once in a while, just because of how I operate in regular everyday life, I'll throw in a homophobic slur or something, and I'll be like, oh, well, I got to stop there. Let's, let's yeah. cut that. Or I get like too aggressive against like a morbidly obese trans person or something. I'm like, well, I can't be too mean. Let's, let's cut yeah. that out so we don't get hit by YouTube. I feel like, um, I feel like in, our, in the past, I've, I've, maybe it was yet, maybe it was a different young man some baby face YouTuber, but I feel like there's been a time in the past where I'm like, bro, you got to dial it back. Like, yes. uh, I feel like, and not because it offends me, but because I'm like, man, you're going to get, <laughs> like, you're going to get struck off YouTube, dude. Like that's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, but yeah, we, you know, fortunately, I was like the canary in the coal mine. So <laughs> yeah. like if anybody goes first, it'll probably be me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of the nice things to see that you do uh, that so many lily-livered other content creators who are worried about, uh, you know, perhaps losing a few pennies, which is also bunk. Uh, you do, uh, you have also embraced, um, you know, right now we're live. I always do like the first part of the interview live on both YouTube and Rumble. And then we go to Rumble only so we can see all those slurs. But, um, you know, you, you, you know, whether it's your Sports Wars channel, by the way, all of, we're joined by uh, RKL Post or uh, how's the emphasis at Ryan Kinnell or Kinnell? You had it right the first time. Ryan Kinnell. Kinnell. Joined by Ryan Kinnell of RK Outpost. Uh, we cover 
uh, similar topics, but um, not always the same stuff. And uh, he's got a totally different insight. And so all of his links are in the description. Both his YouTube, his Rumble, you can find he's got a Sports Wars channel, which I think um, was genius to start. It's something I wanted to do, and you scooped me on it. And, um, you know, it's uh, the, the, the infection of, you know, for, for us to be commentating on this stuff, it's pretty interesting. You know, is there literally anything that isn't ruined by political ideologues these days? I don't think so. And that's like when you that's why people are so tired of it. Because it seems like every form of escapism has been in some way infiltrated by people that just want to push an agenda. So whether it's your video games, your comic books, your movies, your TV shows, your streaming series, or you're like, you know, screw that. I'm going to go. I'm just going to turn on basketball. And then you see Black Lives Matter on the court. You see like racial justice statements on the back of people's jerseys. When and racism the on the helmets. Yeah. And it's just like, I just want to like be in I just want to focus on something else. I just want to escape from constantly getting like preached to about all this nonsense thank you for honoring another career criminal who got like rightfully shot or something <laughs> yeah, right. your milwaukee yeah. bucks did that yes they your did milwaukee bucks walked off the court and refused to play because uh before anybody knew anything because uh there was a totally clean a criminal shoot. being a criminal got shot. yeah like yeah that that um I don't know if you are a sports ball guy or not i know a lot of people that watch our channels aren't but i i used to be pretty hard uh pretty hardcore sports ball guy and yeah. i really checked out like when the in the freaking nfl was all blm um you know the but the very people who have the most money power and influence to affect the black communities telling me the viewer at home eating nachos that i need to go out and do stuff it was like that's it the nba same thing i used to love first take i used to i want it was cold pizza in the beginning on espn i used to watch it every day then it was like Oh, we got to talk about politics now. And I'm like, okay, well, now I just don't watch any of it anymore. I watch the box score. Maybe I'll kind of tune into baseball. Kind of wasn't as bad, but like, you know, it's basketball. Like the Rangers, football. the only team that didn't do a pride night. Yeah, won the, the won the World Series. Series. Yeah. The lowest rated World Series in history, by the way. I just uh, didn't care. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's uh, Arizona and the cheating team. Cool. Can't wait to tune in. Um, but just definitely... means that the Brewers are one of only five teams instead of six that have never won a World Series. So. <laughs> hey, I don't take that that personally because the Brewers have always sucked my entire life. Like they won in 82, a year before I was born. And it's at least fun to see them be competitive, which is all like where people where I live, you know, outside of the Packers, which are also terrible now. It's like you watch go to a Brewer game, you're not expecting to win anything. I feel pretty good about Wisconsin sports. I mean, the Bucks are competitive now every year. Other than, you know, now the future for the Packers is not bright. The Brewers are competitive now. Um, but, yeah, I just don't watch it anymore. And uh, I think, oh, by the way, SC, Media, SC Medic says, no offense, Jeremy, but Ryan has better rants. I 100% I agree. You know, I've gotten soft. I You know, Ryan is like my – I look in the mirror and, you know, and uh, I when when I was young and energetic and life hadn't quite beaten me down as badly as it has. It's like 2016 uh, quarter in, right? If you go back and watch my videos from then, yeah, I was caught, you know, I was a little spicier, but now it's and by the way, all of Ryan's links are in the description below. Let's talk a little bit about be, before we went live, I kind of wanted to talk about like the existential death of entertainment, which we kind of alluded to. It used to kind of be even not that long ago that people would be like, 
oh well, at least there's japanese video games that's that's gone too like even capcom's like oh no mods making girls boobies bigger and you have square enix be, you know having a morality department i assume we're pretty close to an inflection point where maybe we'll all be out of business i kind of hope that that happens but i mean how much more do you think people can take i the way i've described it is people are like hey is it turning is it a turning point if we i'm like i don't think so but i think the pendulum is slowing right i think it's gone so so far and finally it's slowed to the point where if it's not stopped, it's almost stopped. We're almost stopped pushing in that direction. And that's why you see all this activism coming in, trying to desperately keep it going. But I do think that that pendulum has a bunch of potential energy. It's about <laughs> to turn into kinetic energy and we're going to see a massive swing back. And I think it's going to be rapid. I think it's going to be fast. And I'm not really sure what to expect when it happens. And across all aspects of entertainment, it kind of feels that way right now. So. Yeah, I feel like there's, um, you know, I feel like there are channels like the Hallmark channel, which I used to meme on, that have probably seen big booms in viewership. Um, the creation of Bent Key, even though I don't love Daily Wire, I do have a ton of respect for them going out there and creating culture, creating content that is apolitical. And so far, you know, they've promised that it isn't going to be because one thing I don't want is like cringe conservative cartoons either. I just want looney tunes i mean there's a reason i could put on any if you have a kid around you gotta watch like i gotta watch my niece i can put on looney tunes and be like it's straight like it's good they can watch whatever episodes you want now you turn on cartoon network it's like oh wait are they gonna have a section about being non-binary are they gonna have a drag queen telling my kid about this so there had to be a kind of a ying to that yang that we've been getting crushed with for the past couple of years yeah, and I think even when you look at what Daily Wire is doing, and I, I certainly have you know got my criticisms at Daily Wire, certain people or whatever, but I think when they made that big Snow White, that Brett Cooper Snow White announcement, I think almost the bigger thing was the Bent Key like two-minute trailer that they did in general because yeah. it just seemed like a wide variety of stuff that would be on PBS like 15 mm -hmm. or 20 years ago. And yeah, that, that, that's how that I felt really, too. For them to be successful, that's, that's what we've all been talking about, right? It, it can't just be, you know, propaganda on the other side. You know, people don't want to tune in and have Snow White wearing a red MAGA cap, right? Yeah. They, 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 they just want something that they can trust with their family, with their kids, and that they're not going to be lectured to about something. That's the type of entertainment that nearly everybody wants. And so what Daily Wire was doing with Bent Key for all the kids stuff, I thought that was really impressive. That they had because we've been asking what are you doing what are you doing when are you going to come out with something and they had like 150 episodes ready to launch yeah. uh for a variety of tv shows and i thought it looked great yeah it looked really generic um but safe which yeah. is you know one of the things that you used to say about pixar um project taco said uh he's asking he's got a small orange hamster named chorizo and should he wait for it to die before getting a tattoo of it I don't, I, I would say do it now so that the chorizo can enjoy it. Well, you think you should wait? Yeah, I think you should wait because just because you like that hamster right now, it could do something. It could oh, escape. It could screw up everything. You might end up hating this hamster. You might end up hating mm. chorizo with a passion. So if you <laughs> were to right now be like, hey, we get a tattoo and like dedicate chorizo's life. No, fuck that shit. You, you don't know what's going to happen with chorizo. Come on. Yeah, it could go to college and become some sort of leftist weirdo. And uh, yeah, that's that's probably safer. Ministry of Wrong Think I said, is it freaking true that Marvel is about to feature Sabra 
a Mossad agent with superpowers who wears the Israel flag as a main hero in a movie once literally called New World Order. I have not heard of that. Um, I, I, I that would be the first I'd heard about that. Um, but I'm not sure if if you. I hope they do, baby. Yeah, I hope they do. Uh, you know, I. <laughs> We can ride this. I'll ride this train all the way down, you know, and Kvetching and Nash and Deez is my two of my favorite LGBTQ plus streamers on YouTube in the same stream. Yeah, that's true. What is 199? Please explain it to me like I know. Is that a Ryan meme? I see it's it in the chat. Geeks and Gamers meme, man. Oh, okay. So Geeks and Gamers, I'm part of Geeks and Gamers. If you didn't know, we do a daily show uh, a little bit before your show, 11 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. And we had some we, some guy got really triggered because I was making fun of Star Wars Celebration because they made some cringe announcements, and I titled the video like "Star Wars Celebration Cringe." But you know how it is, yeah, it's yeah. like cringe all caps, blah blah. Yeah. blah. Um, and somebody comes in the chat and they start like getting really upset. They're like, "You think Star Wars Celebration is cringe? It's been a thing since one nine nine, meaning to like nineteen ninety nine." Yeah, yeah. And so I just and it, he started off with, "Are you retarded?" Star Wars Celebration's been around since this, and he made a typo. <laughs> so I just made fun of him. Like, yeah. so it's been around since 199 for almost 2,000 years. Oh, yeah, and since the year 200. Stuck, yeah. <laughs> it somehow stuck and became a meme. And for some reason, that's not what the channel memberships are called. It's like, we are the 199. That's what all the geeks and gamers I wish he had said it was, it, it started in 499. Look, RKL post, it said, uh, uh, weird you're not yelling. Oh, he'll probably yell. And then, uh, De, De Brew that do says, wait, Ryan and Jeremy, the streams are crossing, causing a gay orgy of nerdism, splashing rays of rainbow content upon us. Yeah, you're welcome. Get down on your knees, open your mouth, and accept our gay uh, streams onto your face. The, um, the, uh, wait, listen, we have not been acquired by Disney yet, so this is not a gay stream. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the speaking of Disney, we were talking a little bit before stream. And and also to to bounce off the the kind of the pendulum swinging back or at least slowing, um, I think a lot of that has to do with Hollywood getting kicked in the dick. And I mean, look at I mean, nobody talks about you know Dial of Destiny losing three hundred million dollars. Um, uh, you know the how Disney basically bought Star Wars and ran it to the ground, ran it into the ground in three years. Uh, you know, and there's kind of a a a common thread marvels too for example i wanted to talk about oh speaking of here's here, what do you think about my hot take i think this might be a content creator thing but i ask everyone who brings it up i don't like brett cooper as snow white in that movie i i know she's an actor i know she can kind of sing but i wish they would have got like somebody who i'm not gonna see like oh why isn't she reacting to tiktoks I don't, I don't love it. I think I love it for her as an opportunity, but I wish they would have got like, Gina, not maybe not Gina Carano, but you know, someone on the, on the fringe who, you know, might've been a big get. Yeah. Um, I, my opinion on it is it's too early to have an opinion. We've yeah. seen basically nature shots and one thing of her turning around and a so, little auto tune. Yeah. And like, who knows about the singing or whatever. So I, I have, I do not know enough about it to have an opinion about the quality of the movie yet. I really hey, look, don't. Daily um, Wire, feel free to fly us out. Um, you know, let's do it. to the set. Yeah, T they Terror did, on the Prairie. I, like I was, you guys went out there, right? I went out there to Nashville for the Terror on the Prairie premiere, and it was I was like prepared for it to be really bad. 
and I was yeah, prepared yeah. to have to be like, I think this is shit, but with, you know, thanks for flying us out. And I was surprised. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece or anything, but I thought it was solid for what they were trying to do and what they, you know, what they had available to them in yeah. that type of scenario. And I, I thought it was an entertaining kind of old Western movie. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I think I ended up giving it less, like a six or something. That's I'd agree with that. I think I gave it a six or six and a half. It was, there was absolutely nothing offensive whatsoever about it. Um, I actually think, did you watch the Hyperions? That was actually pr pretty interesting. That was, I think it was called the Hyperions. They had like this goofy this concept of like these goofy anti-superheroes. Um, that was a Daily Wire thing. With, with the guy who uh, played Robin Hood, right? I uh, think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if most of their stuff like run, hide, fight, I'm not going to slob their knob and be like, it was a master cinema, you know, cinema. Right. But you know what? It was like, hey, it didn't have any politics. I mean, they flew me out on set. That's how I met Gina. I, they flew me right. out to Montana, go to like their secret location. Um, it was cool being on set. And nobody in Hollywood's doing that. You know, they're not they're not reaching out other than, of course, your boy, um, Director X. You know, he's 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 reaching out. Was well, because he knows that we're getting way more interaction than he is. Uh, so I feel bad. I did an interview with him and uh, I never released it because like the moment had passed. Yeah. And I, I was like going through this time, like um, for the last couple months, I don't know about you, but like I know people love hearing about YouTubers bitch about views. But like for the last couple of months, it's been hard out there for a pimp, especially when you and when me, for example, I rely heavily on moronic hollywood people saying moronic things and when and they're, they're on strike the yeah, yeah. I so you. i don't have a lot so then i was like man i've got to be real careful with my topics because it's hurting my channels like overall performance and i'm just like i can't release this because no one's going to give a no one's going to give a shit like he seems like a fine guy he did um he did take some interesting shots at like he never said her name but like at nia da costa um, basically getting anointed into that movie with never having done anything in her whole life. Um, wow. And I was like, ooh, that'd be... That might be relevant to release right now. <laughs> yeah, that was, he didn't say her name, but I knew who she, he was talking about, you know? And I, honestly, I, when I talked to him, I was like, we agree on more than we disagree on. It's just, I don't... Nobody gives a shit about this anymore, so I can't really... Re I'm not going to release the interview, you know? Yeah, I think it was like um, yeah. for that, it was more about how disingenuous he was being about the reviews themselves. And the, because it would be one thing if it came out and it was getting like seven or eights on IMDb and then we pointed something out and then it went down. The movie got released or the, the show got released and we didn't talk about it after it got released. We laughed mm -hmm. about it like a month before it came out. When we saw the posters, I think people kind of memed on it, but that was it. Yeah, it, it, so it's not like, it wasn't like, oh, people directing their audience. No, the people that watched it gave it really bad reviews. And I've never done that either. On I don't, videos that were I, done a month before that, it was wild to me. Yeah, and I don't think, I'm not, I don't think you're someone that does that either. I, I also think the whole like review bombing uh, argument for people in Hollywood is so pathetic because yeah. they do the exact same thing. Like you have all these losers like Paul Tassi who will write these articles like, oh, this movie's already getting review brigaded. And you look at IMDb and there's like, the movie's not even out and there's like 700 tens and 700 ones. And he ignores all the tens yes. that it got. That's normal. That's not review bombing. It's only bad if it's once. 
Yeah, and if and that's kind of the thing to me. I know there's going to be fake reviews. I know that some people are just going to be mad about something and leave a one star. I also know that people are just going to to combat that. They'll give it a ten star. Like mm-hmm. even in like the replies to say his um, videos that he was making on Instagram, I saw some people. I just went over there and gave it a ten to combat this nonsense. Can't right. wait to watch it. It's like what what the like what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, so everyone it does, does happen. That. Uh, it's just a reality. It's but if you have a good product, it's going to be able to overcome that. Like my question for all that is, you know, all these racists that are out there review bombing uh, black black Robin Hood. Yeah. They just, miss, they just miss Black Panther. They just yeah. miss every like Jordan, like every Jordan Peele movie. Like, what I remember people about? marching in the streets for Blade. I remember the the KKK came out. Bro, Montana says animated Alpha Core is live right now. David Crushmore says, "Can the National League team win a World Series next year?" Um, yeah, probably. I mean, I'm surprised the Dodgers got eliminated as quick as they did. I thought the I thought this was the Phillies' year. I thought yeah, they were like cruising. I thought the they had, had all this too. momentum, and they lost those two games at home, which I was shocked by. Um, Dude, I like Arizona because everybody hates them. Yeah, well, I thought I thought the Brewers were going to beat Arizona. I was like, this should be an easy win, and they just smoked like they just killed us. It wasn't even like we couldn't hit, which is the story of every postseason. Do the Bruce says Jesus? No need to make it weird. Hey, look, we'll make it weird if we want. Speaking of review bots. Did you see that article about the HBO CEO yesterday? Yeah, I did see that. And I think, like, one, it didn't surprise me at all. I the think- CEO is creating sock accounts to argue with? Like, that dude probably has a seven-figure salary, and he's spending his time mad and hey, trolling on the internet. Kevin Durant, like Kevin Durant, all these yeah. athletes that are making, you know, $50 million a year, they get caught with sock sock puppet accounts. Now, this is a little different. You got the CEO basically, and I do think there's some people that are like, look, they're, they're, they're responding to YouTubers. It's not necessarily YouTubers that it's like in question. It's like critics. Critics, it's yeah. But like variety or, or whatever yeah. that mm-hmm. these people have a longstanding feud with that they're like, create sock puppet accounts. To like well, the Rolling Stone on one, critics. yeah, I recorded the video yesterday, but I didn't release it because I, I, I figured out that it was like there was some personal beef between him and like the Rolling Stone, and then the Rolling Stone is the one that released the expose, and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't think I really care about. I think it's cringe that you're worth fifty million dollars and you're and you're arguing with critics, which by the way have no power. They they have no power. Look at Five Nights at Freddy's. That movie was objectively mid. Uh, if you love Five Nights at Freddy, maybe liked it. Still made almost a hundred million opening weekend, even with day and date release streaming. That's and the, the wild. Gave it a, that blew my mind. It was like I, I guess maybe it's because it was on Peacock and it wasn't like so it, easily. Yeah, it'd be one thing if it was on Netflix, which has got like you know two hundred million worldwide subscribers or whatever they have. It's on Peacock that has like 23 million subscribers, right? Yeah. So it's not a big streaming service. But at the same time, a decent number of people tuned into it. Over the weekend, the Samba TV numbers, which you can only, like Samba TV is only reliable to compare to other Samba TV things, mm-hmm. right? But almost half a million households, according to Samba, watched it. That means that which, it's probably a, a, a couple hundred thousand signups, which would be a huge boom for Peacock probably. That's how they presented it. They're like, hey, we consider it a win-win, great box office, and also great on streaming. The uh, There was a pretty good deal in, in place in terms of just to get it exclusive on streaming. That probably made up for the budget in and of itself. 
was probably oh, already right. a profitable movie for the people that made it by the time it went on Peacock. All mm. this is just gravy, which is pretty insane. Small budget, make it for the fans. Don't pander to anybody. Some people yeah. aren't going to get it. Some critics that randomly watch it probably aren't going to get it, but it's not really for them. It's for people that are familiar with it. Well, they got a 26% from the critics and it's going to make 300 million probably. Um, you know, on a, I don't know what the budget is, but it's surely sub 100. 25 million bucks. That's the budget. Two, 25? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a huge financial success. It's, it's, it made um, money its first weekend. Yeah, so it, it's funny to see, you know, that... Um, you know, by the way, uh, if you're tuning in on, on, uh, rumble or YouTube, uh, a couple thousand people watch right now. That's, that's good to see. Um, th- I'm joined by Ryan Kinnell. He, uh, his YouTube links and rumble links are in the description as well as his Twitter, but he also does a daily show with geeks and gamers on both y- rumble and YouTube. And it's at 11, uh, central, right? 11 Eastern, 11, 11, 11 Eastern, a.m. So Eastern, 10 yeah. central. Yeah. Um, no, wait. Yes, yeah. 10, 11 Eastern, or 11 Eastern, 10 Central. Uh, so it's a great show to watch in leading into my show. So there you go. If you're looking for something to watch before, um, you know, make sure you save some of that Super Chat money uh, for my show. But the, um, you know what, I, I, this wasn't on my agenda, but one thing I wanted to talk to you about, I have a unique like experience in television because I grew up, my, uh, I ran marketing for Dish Network and other telcos for, you know, um, while my, you know, from my mid twenties, I ran all the online advertising for them, Spectrum, HughesNet, all these. So I've always understood TV from a, from that side of it. And when streaming started to take over, you know, it had a profound effect on, on like satellite internet, satellite TV sales and cable sales. However, what I think is funny is that, and I I always knew this was going to happen because I was in the industry, but People were whining, complaining, I'm paying for cable and I only watch six channels. Streaming's so great. Well, look what they're doing to people now. Now you're doing the exact same thing and you're paying just as much, if not more. Like you have to have five streaming services to get what you used to get on a basic cable package. And by the way, every single one of these streaming services will eventually have ads. Of course. I don't don't care about the premium tier. You're In right. Two years from now, they'll have ads because they can't make money otherwise. They'll have ads right? on their premium tiers. There won't yes. be a tier that doesn't have them. Yeah, because they, they I, cannot. There's a reason why people are like deeply discounting these ad based tiers to like four ninety nine, five ninety nine to try to get people to sign up because it. They found out it's not really about this monthly subscription. That's not how they're going to make money. They're going to make way more money by marketing those ad spaces to people. And this yep. is like Hollywood really fucked up getting into streaming the way that they did they thought they saw netflix they see these big things from netflix but what they failed to realize was that for the most part now of course they started getting into things with like stranger things or whatever their own original content for the most part netflix was paying for the rights to something that already existed Correct. They were, yep. they weren't doing they weren't shooting 20 million dollar pilots they weren't doing one season of something and see if it canceled or failed they were buying established things that had three, four, five seasons that had maybe a little bit of a fan base or whatever. You're not doing any of the upfront costs for production. You're just paying for the rights to those things. And they littered the streaming service with that. And it was awesome. It worked well for them. But now that every single studio has their own streaming service, they're like, well, we need to fill it with stuff. We need new stuff to get people to come and stay here week to week to week. So they're like, all right, $225 million for She-Hulk. We're not going to do a pilot. 
We're just going to do 25 million an episode for that show. That yeah. is like 25 million. There's no That's way more than Game they of Thrones, made their money. Bro. That's more than Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. in its final season. Yeah. And so they, but they completely miss a mark because they're spending so much money. It's not just Disney that's losing like a billion dollars per quarter on Disney Plus. Like mm -hmm. Peacock is also going to lose probably like two and a half to three billion dollars over the fiscal year. All the streamers are losing money, which is why they're going to all shift to advertising. And while all that's happening, advertisers are fleeing linear television because more people are cutting the cord. Less people mm -hmm. are watching. So they are in a they are hurting everywhere right now. Yeah, I think that it's um it's an interesting thing because for me, uh like it's a principal thing. There was a time, I don't know if you were an early adopter for streaming. I suspect you were. Like there was a time where you had everything you ever needed if you had Hulu and Netflix. That was all you needed. And it was yeah. like 30 bucks a month for both. And then I had Amazon Prime because I already had Amazon anyway. Yeah. You know right. I mean? Amazon Prime was just a, ch a cheddar, like extra. Because it was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't care. I'm not paying more for this. Oh, wait, look at that. They have um the terminalist that was a pretty good show oh this reacher show people pretty pretty you know they like reacher and i was like it doesn't feel the same to me but now i feel like there's going to be a snapback like somebody's these people are all going to get together and they're going to bundle and they're going to sell us like cable tv but streaming service they're going to call it like you know because they're going to have to consolidate there's no way not if disney can't make money and like you said they're not just Hang, hang. they're losing billions with a B. Netflix is the only one that's making money. And it was because they got like in first. HBO Max. Well, well Max does HBO too, yeah. Max two quarters ago made a profit of like 50 million, which in that's streaming, that, that's like crazy, right? For yeah. somebody to break even on streaming is wild. But yeah. one of the reasons because they weren't producing as much original content and more of it is just their back catalog of, of good Licensing. stuff that they have. Mm -hmm. Um now, when they made the change over to Max, there were some fees associated with changing things and whatever. We'll see how they did this quarter. But you're right. I, a lot of these smaller ones aren't going to survive. I think we're at the end of the day, you're going to see like five massive streaming platforms. It'll probably be like Netflix, a Disney Hulu hybrid of sorts. Yeah, we saw that. They was bought high, uh, they've bought the rest of Hulu, which they are always going to do, but they've executed it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they actually just announced their intention to execute it because they, okay, still, yeah. they still need, um, I, I guess I have to look at the announcement, but technically they need the appraisal, which it's a minimum of like $8.3 billion yeah. to complete the sale. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, at least $8 billion, they're going to buy the last third of Hulu. Um, and that'll I, bundle together, then why wouldn't it, right? Mm -hmm. I think eventually they will. And then maybe like Prime, Max, and maybe a small one like Apple TV will hang on. Maybe Apple will buy the rights to a couple others to get their type of stuff on. People are there. saying Apple's going to buy ESPN. Like that would be, I, I don't understand it. Apple's got some nice programs. Like the Ted Lasso is okay. Um, it's it's cringy, but it's fine. I really think Severance is awesome. Um, and the, the, we got the, I think, yeah, Severance is good. I don't, I've never seen that morning show with Jennifer Aniston or not, but they have some decent programs, but not for 10 bucks a month or whatever it is. They're doing like smaller, they, they, they have like smaller ambitions, right? That's what it seems for them. And yeah. there's been people throwing around, oh, Apple's going to buy Disney. Now it's Apple's going to partner with ESPN to get into sports. Maybe they've got enough money to do whatever they want, but that would be a, a really big shakeup for them. 
Like that it doesn't be... make sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't make. It's not like a Apple TV is already niche for most people. Like unless you're, you know, unless you're an Apple user, which is there are many, but I, yeah, I don't. I can't see like going to Apple to watch my sports. I, I, I don't know. But I'd never hate freaking the NFL went to Amazon and that blows. But they did it. They took the money. They were happy to do it. And then mm-hmm. they gave them all the Thursday night garbage tier games, which is uh, even more hilarious. The um, I do think um, you know, people. What, part of it is to the the overarching economy, and you know, not to get too political, but I mean, you know, everyone's got bills and stuff like that. And part of the thing is when t- when when people have to tighten their belts, they look at this stuff, and that's you know, used to be. When I worked for Dish or whatever, we would, you know, every time things got tough in the economy, there's a huge spike in people calling and trying to renegotiate their contracts because, you know, you start out at $29.99 a month and then you're paying $140, you know, a year later and you don't even notice it because they're raising your fees. That's what we're seeing happening in streaming. Disney Plus has had several price hikes. Netflix, uh, everybody's raising their prices. And I think that there's going to be a point where people are like, I actually, side note, I actually thought Hulu was going to be the one because I actually used Hulu, like, you know, you could buy, like, H- you could integrate HBO Max and everything into Hulu. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is what I want. Like, my Hulu bill was like 100 bucks a month, but I had everything inside of there, at least. It's basically but, just cable. Like, right. You know what I mean? Cable. Like, that's basically what you were paying for cable back in the day. Um, dude, People I- forget that you used to have cable and a DVR, and that was better than, I mean, you could have that. You could cut all the commercials. You watch your shows. The same way people watch it on Hulu now is how us old heads used to do it. Bro, viewing habits are so weird right now. Because um, when, when, you know, Matthew Perry passes away and he just makes you think about friends, the fact that there was over 50 million people that tuned into the finale of Friends. Yeah. We're never going to see anything like that ever again because nobody watches anything at the same time anymore. Like, well, they ruined it with binging and now they figured out, oh, crap binging didn't work because everyone just watches the whole season in a night and then your viewership drops off a tank. So now they're trying to go back to this, like Disney plus really kind of laid into the weekly releases thing. they're going to try to go back. And I don't think they can. Well, now that, and we started with Ahsoka, they're continuing with Loki. I imagine they'll do the same thing. It was retarded for them to try to put it out at 3 AM in the morning. Yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. why they were doing that other than maybe like their, their streaming like platform was such garbage that they couldn't fag- figure out a way to actually put oh, it at a certain bandwidth. time. And instead yeah. it was just going <laughs> oh, yeah. live at midnight on the day Pacific time. That's my uh, only guess of like yeah. why you would do something like that. But now they actually are releasing stuff prime time, 9 PM Eastern. At least then you have a bunch of people that they're waiting for it. that can watch it and react to it online, which is but, what you need. Yeah. You and need that, those viral moments. That's why to me, that's why like game of Thrones became as big as it did because so many people were gathered around same time, same, you know, same day. And then the next morning they'd go into work and they'd all talk about it. Water cooler. Yeah, it was the last water cooler show that I think really existed. Yeah. And I think that's why, like what we see with HBO when they're premiering stuff on Max, House of the Dragon felt a a little like that. Certainly didn't capture the same type of feeling. It did better than I thought. I wasn't, I I I wasn't really. I was shocked. I thought I was going to hate it. I was shitting all over it um, because I had a bad taste in my mouth from Game of Thrones season eight. We had the, the couple characters that were race swapped and I blasted that. Mm. And holy shit, I loved it. And this is like maybe the one case where I still don't think they should have race swapped the characters. 
but what they did with it actually enhanced a part of the story from the source material. Ryan, so I was okay a question real quick. What, when did you get woke? Oh, when did I, when did I get woke? It's <laughs> yeah, when, when I, 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 I saw a black person in a fantasy show and I couldn't help but love it. Uh, like, well, right, that's yeah. it. I'm done. Yeah. By the way, I uh, just yeah, remind I did see your black Panther. Uh, that was very good. A very nice honor of, um, of, uh, well, I can't think of his name right now. Chadwick Rip to that guy too, by the way, shout out to men, men like him and Norm Macdonald who dealt with terminal diseases and, and ruthless health struggles and never said a damn thing and never demanded a single ounce of public sympathy. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know respect for that. I do. Yeah. I mean, they could, those guys could have went on the media tour and been, you know, this, they just said nothing and just died. Like, you know, I was like, fuck man. When Norm died, I was like, oh, what? I knew something was wrong with him because he didn't look good when he was doing those shows from home and stuff like that. But I didn't think he was as sick as he was. Yeah. For Chadwick Boseman to continue to go, like while he had basically a, a death sentence for cancer, he was going to like children's hospitals. Yeah. To like, you know, you know, make people's dreams come true while he could still do something. And that it is, I, I'm not saying that if you're struggling, you shouldn't open up or, or whatever, but for them to, for them to keep it private and to deal with that stuff personally and keep it that way, I have a lot of respect for that. And I do think like, listen, it, there's a different standard, or there used to be at least for men dealing with things. Yeah. I think it's, you know, rightly so. Uh, I, I think we as men are, should be built a certain way, be able to deal with things a certain way. And uh, so I have a lot of respect for the way that those guys handled it. By the way, I'm joined by, uh, uh, Ryan Kennel of RK Outpost. All of his links are in the description. If, if, you, if this is the first time you're seeing him, please do go follow his channels. Uh, he has also a daily live show with Geeks and Gamers that is uh, that starts two hours before mine on both Rumble and YouTube. And he also has a Sports Wars channel. Um, you know, if, if anybody puts out more content on the internet than me, I, I think Ryan's one of those guys that he is like... Uh, he, he, like I, must also dream of dying with dignity at our desk, like our forefathers did. Yes. Uh, so I, I respect, I respect the hustle. Do you have, now that I've, I've gotten a little bit older, I'm not, you know, I'm not pretending like I'm 70, but you know, 40 is old and I've been doing this shit for 10 years. Are you, have you started thinking about, are you being good with your money, man? Are you being good with it? Are you, are you, are you planning for your future a little bit or I'm are you hood rich? To, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, uh, you know, when I, I never expected to get into YouTube. I, so I was in the Navy for 11 years. And when I got hey. out, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it certainly started being that way by the time I left. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 Uh, but my entire plan had never been to start a YouTube channel. So you were uh, in I, 11 years. So mm -hmm. does that, okay. So do you, are you still like on a reservist list or anything? There's like that? no way to get me to sign up for that. Okay. I saw like you're all clean. Date of everything. And especially because I have a pretty high demand, um, I had a pretty high demand job. So I worked on nuclear reactors on aircraft carriers. Um, that's what I did. And that's Homer what Simpson. I, kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's what I planned on doing when I got out. It's a direct, very easy access to uh, nuclear pipeline in the civilian world. When you get out, you make the real money. Training is like they, they hire probably 90% former Navy nukes to go and oh. do those jobs just because they know how it operates. Yeah. Um, but there's also a lot of other opportunities as well, like data centers, because the, the cooling elements and uh, the technical maintenance that you do is pretty similar. 
Okay. But anyway, that's what I planned on doing. And then a year or two before I got out, I, you know, met Jeremy and Gary and they convinced me to start a YouTube channel. Had no idea it would take off. You were uh, still in when you met them. I was still in. Okay. So I had to be, you know. Did the Navy I, have any issue? Because I know that's been a thing before where like they get weird about certain, not like you were talking about Navy secrets or anything like that, but. So that would be the thing. The Technically, I was fine because I wasn't advertising myself as a member of the military or representative of the military. But still, at the same time, I didn't want anybody finding out and be like, hey, call my base and be like, hey, do you know this dude hates black people? Or yeah, whatever, right. Right? yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know how this shit goes. So dude, I remember that. That was like the legit narrative after your, uh, was it your Black Panther review? My Batman review. Oh, Batman because of Gordon. Yeah. That Jeez. one was. Bro, that, I, like. I actually love that actor and I thought he did, he did fine as Gordon, but he's not Gordon, you know, like he's not, there's no reason to race swap him. He's a really good actor. And, and that's why I said it was like, just kind of pointless. It'd be one thing if he gave like the best performance you've ever seen, but I didn't think that was that. He's okay. And yeah. then like, I actually liked, uh, what's her name? I thought she was good as Catwoman, but it's like, why do you need to do it? That's all I, I gave the movie a fucking eight out of 10, but that's I was a strong like, score. But I was like, it was clear that there was a little bit of identity politics at play. You had that line about yeah. um, white privilege. A little bit on the nose or whatever. Yeah, I said. yeah. And holy shit, uh, the Young Turks like made it. Philip DeFranco made a video. Like it's like, gee, that side was note: wild. DeFranco's a cuck. That like, guy is like a huge loser. Where's your news agency, Philip DeFranco? Remember when he fundraised he all that, that? Right? He crowdfunded millions for a news company. Where? Where is it? I, I, am I missing? I've never seen a single thing from it. Well, it's still in the works, Jeremy. It's still in oh, the that's works. right. It takes money to make money. Hypothesis right. says at least Steve Jobs wasn't on the island, I think. Matthew Hammond says, why are these streaming services forcing diversity on people when shows like Squid Games from Asian Ethno State are one of the most popular series? Well, I think, I don't know if I'm going to use the right word here. Correct me if I'm wrong or chat, correct me if I'm wrong, but in any other country in this world, nationalism is seen as a good thing. In America, it's seen as racism. You talk to any flippin' German, they love their country, they'll tell you they love their country, and they'll tell you that your country blows ass compared to their country. America, it's not like that. It's viewed as, oh, you must be a Nazi if, you have, if you're like a, a national. If you call yourself a nationalist, people hear white nationalists, or they hear right. you know, this kind of stuff. And it is a extremely uh, inconvenient truth that movies like Triple R and other Bollywood movies are wildly popular and they're not cramming gay black people into them for some reason. That's I don't true. know. Well, e yeah. guess what? Even in when these movies are released in the fucking Middle East or some of these Asian countries, they're also not cramming gay black people into them because they know they won't get released if they do. So they right. censor it. They edit it out. They care so much about gay black people, but they want to make sure their faces get covered on a poster. Or that they edit Disney. out the part that yeah. shows you they're gay. I, they, I, they I always like, care. I think, you know, I have a couple, I actually do have a couple gay friends, believe it or not. And, um, you know, they, it's not like, you know, for a long time, I wondered if like that community really understood that these companies don't give a shit about them. But I do believe that that has, because you're starting to see some pushback on this woke capitalism. Like, uh, you know, they, they, when you don't get to say this is the first, you know, light your stunning and brave because we have a POC gay woman in it, but then we cut her out in any country 
we we might have possibly lost a few dollars in. It's like, no, no, you eat it, you cut it out, and you let those countries ban it, and I'll give you credit. And I'll say that you were stunning and brave. Yeah, it's it's I think a lot of people are tired of it. I'll be honest, the the people that I've met, especially with all the pandering and everything, I saw that now is like they're turning this into trans pride month or something. That's I love I it. Some tweet going around. It, well, they the, need the people, more celebration, Ryan. I barely hear about trans people. I know, right? Pride month isn't enough. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was just gonna say the people that I've met in my life that hate trans people the most are gay people. Yes. Because well, they gay women, like they've invaded gay women are the movement. ones. Yeah, lesbians yeah. really hate them. Lesbian uh, dude, butch lesbians hate trans people. Yes, because yeah, they're trying to hoard in on their. They're trying to hoard in on their on their on their on their space. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, if you actually talk to like Ariella Scarcella or Scarcella's one that does YouTube, obviously, um, Jamie Marchi from Gays Against Groomers. Like you talk to them, they're the ones that. You know, speaking of like, you know, you look at any college campus right now and you can see the real Nazis, all the same people that were saying that, uh, you know, people who didn't like uh, race swapping in movies were Nazis seem to be marking on marching on campuses now saying a lot of things about Jewish people that even yeah. makes it makes me extremely uncomfortable. I can't even repeat it. Yeah, I know a lot of things it. about from the river to the sea. Uh, Palestine must be free. It's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that means yeah. Israel's off the map, right? That's, that's what that I'm pretty means. sure that's what that means. Yeah, that's yeah. Kvetching and uh, Nashik said, uh, "Excuse me, we're nearly 40 minutes into your stream, and neither one of you have made your opinion known about Israel and Palestine. Your oh. silence is deafening." <laughs> I have, I have an opinion. America first. Thank you. Um, yeah, my the, opinion is, uh, in the course of Israel's history, we've given them approximately 160 billion dollars in aid your business. To their defense, and yeah. that doesn't even include just the business run with them in terms of what we Selling sell to them or they yep. sell to us. Um, so I am all for Israel defending itself with all the aid we've given them over the yeah, course of their cool. life. Defend yourself. That's cool. Yeah, hundred percent. We're cool with that. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah, and I want the innocent civilians to not. I don't want um, I, I, yeah, camp to get blown up. Yeah, I hate I hate it when innocent people die. Yeah. Uh, like, you know what I mean? I don't want to see children die. I don't want to see people get their houses barged into and get shot by terrorists. I don't want to see people get caught up in civilian bombings, but I also don't want, like terrorists hiding behind civilians either. So the whole thing's a fucking mess. Um, I fully endorse them defending themselves, uh, but I just don't think we should be involved. Yeah, I think that I'm the same way. And also, you know, a lot of people, people watch me know, cause I always go on this rant when people bring it up. Um, you know, 80,000 Americans dead last year to opioids and the opioid uh, crisis. Maybe, you know, think about that an entire football stadium of people a year dead to, yeah. you know, pills coming across our southern border. I'm worried about that. <laughs> like that's, yeah. And, and the, like, um, there, there's like, so it's, it's just such a complicated fucking thing. And obviously there's some things that aren't complicated about it. If Israel got every nuclear weapon in the world that exists and they had control over it, Things in the Middle East probably wouldn't be that much different tomorrow. Yeah, I'd agree with Palestine that. Palestine got every single nuclear weapon, or if any country in that region of the Middle East got their hands on nuclear weapons, Israel would be off the map tomorrow. That's yeah. a reality, right? Yeah, um, that's that's an inconvenient truth, but it is true. Yeah, that, that's the fucking reality. Uh, but at the same time, I can still have sympathies for one or, or like side with one or the other and still think that America should not be involved. By the way, uh, on that hot take that... Uh, since Ryan has come out clearly as anti-Israel here, the um he I want to show you guys his uh, channels quick. If you haven't yet, um the links are in the description. Oh, what's going on there? 
I love that. Sometimes when you share it on StreamYard, that happens. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, the, that's the first time that's ever happened to me. It used to happen to me all the time on StreamYard. But yeah. Yeah. So here is his RKL Post channel. Um, also, you can find him on Geeks and Gamers. Uh, they're all linked in the description below, of course, on YouTube too, as well. And then his Twitter. Go follow him on Twitter for uh, more hot takes. Fucking Black Panther pictures, like in the media on the top yeah. right there. So stupid. Oh, yeah. It looks so good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Wakanda like forever, that. baby. Yeah. Wakanda forever. The uh, Jack Decker says, What are your two's opinions, take slash on ESG funds, BlackRock, Vanguard? Um, I'll let you lead with that if you have it if you have a position on that. Um, um I, yeah. I think it's a factor in things, but I think all too often we're very quick to blame everything on that, become very black pill, be like, well, there's just these funds and so it doesn't matter. Um, I, I think a much bigger part of it is the creation of these DEI things to begin with that are just seen as, well, something we gotta do to appeal to mm -hmm. maybe some of those investors. But then the problem is, regardless of any money that's coming in from those places, those people start taking control of companies because people are afraid of getting labeled as something. Mm -hmm. So you start to have a small group of activists that start having this abnormal amount of control over companies. You saw Bob Chapek came out. They don't say gay bullshit, right? Bob yeah. Chapek comes out, hey, we don't want to get involved politically. And then probably a handful of people in executive positions. 25, yeah, right? yeah. They are like, no, Disney says you care about us. You virtue signaled hard. You said this, you said that. You are going to stand up for us or we're going to make sure the world knows that you're homophobic or whatever. Yeah. So then Bob Chapek gets on his knees, sucks a big rainbow color dildo and mm. apologizes and said, yeah, fuck Florida. We're going to war. How'd that work out for him? He's Not no well. longer there. The, yeah. yeah, that, I mean, that's, I'll say this stuff with the, I think I, I agree. I have a similar take in that the ESG funds to me are a little different. When I see like BlackRock Vanguard, one things I one of the things I see often uh, is like, well, look, Van like even even Rumble. I think BlackRock or Vanguard has like a lot of stock in Rumble, and people are like, well, look. I mean, nobody can stop them from investing their money, and uh, I'm not sure that them owning any part of any company automatically means they're making decisions. Right. Now, we can see things like on um, the activist investor stuff with Disney, where this guy's trying to force his way onto the board, but that's what you see. Like, and by the way, this guy's not a woke guy. He just wants to make his money. Um, Nelson Peltz. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so he wants a return on his investment. And, um, you know, so I do think that it's more pervasive. Like Ryan says, when they have DEI, the shit that they do willingly is more dangerous than companies who come in and invest money in them um and yeah. then exerting some sort of you know we have shares in your company i don't think that that changes the day to day that very often and i think we get we get too caught up in like the boogeyman of and i'm not not to say that there isn't something we should there's not things to discuss about it but too often well esg look at all this money coming in nothing you can do okay right sweet right uh thanks cool. uh, like i i I would never underestimate how stupid people can be. And we've seen a lot of stupid decisions because people, in my opinion, a lot of people at these companies are scared of rocking the boat when it comes to the pride shit or the Black Lives Matter stuff because they yeah. don't want to see their careers go up in flames. But I well, think as and more and more entertainment companies and stuff like this are really struggling. We've seen all the problems at Disney.
I think there becomes a time where virtue signaling is not worth it when you start to get all the other investors mad at you. When you start to have not just activist investors like Nelson Peltz, but the standard person who invested in Disney at $190 per share and their shit's now worth $80. I think that's a big problem. Sorry, I had to let my cat out. I said the N-word 12 times. That's it? Yeah. The, uh, I ran out of breath. Yeah. The, um, I, I think that uh, what you're going to see, I think you're, I mean, a lot of these, these, these vocal minorities get power because of that, because people don't want to rock the boat, especially at the executive level. I think part of it that people don't have their eyes open to is just how much money, even middle management at these companies make. When I went to, I had a little claw machine channel many years ago. Oh, and, yes. uh, I'm aware. Yeah. That was my favorite channel. It was a blast. I would just get hammered. And we then, got like, kicked out of Walmart. Yeah, oh, it was God. so awesome. <laughs> so many wins. The, um, but they, uh, anyway, what I found, so I, they fly me out to be on the Today Show. And there's this guy who does this segment. I don't even remember what the hell his name is. But like, he's not even like a main guy, right? He's not a main talent. He does like um, spots, like little specials for them every couple of weeks. I go to his house. He lives in the penthouse in Manhattan. And like, I mean, this guy is like a middle dude guy. You know, he's probably making 15, 20 million a year. Once you're on that kind of money, man, you are not- You don't wanna rock the boat. You're not rocking that boat. It's easy for somebody who works at a factory who's making 23 bucks an hour and co-working work at a factory across the street and make 23 or 25 bucks an hour to say, fuck it, I'm out of here. These people are making more money than any one of us could really fathom. And so they're like, well, okay. And okay. now that cancel culture has become so pervasive, it, it to me, it's given the activists at the companies and the people that work in these HR departments or the people that are brought on to be a liaison for gay trans pride mm -hmm. bullshit, whatever. It's given them an extraordinary amount of power to wield over people that are actually in higher positions than them. Oh, and it yeah. gives them an extraordinary amount of influence because of that. I think Uber had like a little Uber black, black people at Uber or some shit like that, like a discord. And like, I thought you just meant the really nice cars that come pick you up. Yeah, no, no, that do they do have Uber black, but it was like, uh, there was, some, I think it was Uber. It's like the, the, first of all, where I'm from, it's probably true of the military too. I grew up in the, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. So these people yeah. got too much spare time. I've, every place I've ever worked until YouTube, the, the mere thought of taking work time to like do activism, that, that would never have happened. Like what? Like if somebody, I had almost 50 people underneath me at my last like corporate job. If one of them had come to me and said, hey, I want to take work time to organize with other, other brown people or even other, whatever, other gay people or whatever. Like, what are you talking about? No, do that shit after work, homie. Like, no. But now it's like, oh, no, yeah, we have to have time. That's like, I think that actually uh, is a, a um, uh, 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 like a, a symptom of this like daycare hiring in these, a lot of, which is gone, by the way. Silicon Valley, all, you remember everyone sees those TikTok? Ah, uh, strolling at nine. Get, get some wine. Latte. Yeah. Go on that top. Shit's gone. Yeah. Like, and then so part of that to hire these people, they're like, oh yeah, you can do your activism. 
you could do your whatever that that's why do you think facebook laid off twenty five thousand people twitter functions now basically the same it did before and they fired six thousand out of eight thousand people i mean that those days are gone when I was young, it was like, oh, I'm I, the job I took when I got the job is like, we give you unlimited vacation. I'm like, ooh, unlimited vacation. And then you find out that it's pointless because y- you can't take off because you have shit to do. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I get it, unlimited vacation days on YouTube as well. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, if I don't want to make any money, I don't. Yeah, I won't make up. any money if I don't work. But yeah, <laughs> Andrew Jack says, have you heard of Sweet Baby Inc? They're writing games for the big AAA companies. I heard that there's a Canadian company called Sweet Baby Inc. that's like consulting on some of the writing shit and some of the woke games that have come out. But I haven't oh. been able to look into it too much. But it wouldn't surprise me at all. Cool. Speaking okay. of like black at whatever, black at Bungie, Latin at Bungie. Yeah. Oh man, all of a sudden, a month after your virtue signal blows up in your face, they lay off dozens of people. I love that. Yeah. Falco says, Do you ever get involved in crowdfunding campaigns? There's a deserving person who really do some help infos up in your gilded. I assure you that he's deserving. I do not, and I know this is going to sound like a dick thing to say, but I don't, as a general rule, my policy is not to promote that stuff because if I promote one, then I have to promote them all. And you would not be surprised. Ryan probably knows. I get them every day. You know, my dog is sick. Promote my GoFundMe. My grandma's sick. Promote my GoFundMe. I'm like, I don't have any time to figure out if these people are telling the truth or not. I don't have any time to figure out if they're scamming me. I just can't do it. So I apologize. Um, but that's just always been my my policy. It's it's really tough because you do want, like when you see that stuff, you want to help. But then, like, again, once you do one thing, then you'll have a bunch of people coming to you asking for the same thing and you don't know how many people that's legit or not. Yeah. Um, typically, though, if I do see them, I, you know, if, if I check it out and it seems legit, I might do a little to help out by myself. But yeah, I'll throw some a, money or I'll make it a big public thing Yeah, because there's going to be too many people that take advantage of it and yeah. and just too many people that get upset for one reason or another if you don't then talk about theirs yeah that's what yeah i've i've done them before but i usually pick them out they're not people who solicit them from me um the uh i wanted to ask you as um as we wind down to by the way i'm joined by ryan kennel geeks and gamers rk outpost links in the description please go follow him Watch, he's going to be live in like 21 hours on Geeks and Gamers. Um, he goes live two hours before I do. Uh, this is my regularly scheduled time. Uh, Thursdays, I don't normally do interviews, but now I do them on Thursdays because apparently my viewers like to hear other people talk more than me. Um, I wanted to get uh, your take on, we talked a little bit about the state of kind of the blockbuster film. And one of the films that kind of got passed over that was actually a huge flop was the um tom cruise mission impossible movie like that movie flopped hard and none of us really talked about it because it wasn't like it got woke it just i don't know what happened what do you think happened there well i talked about it i probably made like four or five videos on it flopping and people got really upset that i made some videos about that but i was Uh like i I have to like if we're gonna talk about another thing you got to talk about this too and now there are a couple things with that it did get a $70 million of the budget that it spent. They did get an insurance package back uh, because of COVID. So nice. that helped offset some of those losses. So instead of it being a $290 million budget was really more like 220 because they got that yeah. $70 million refund. But still, um, I think that people are tired of franchises. 
I think mm -hmm. they're tired of Hollywood in general. And I think that when you, like, Top Gun Maverick was a sequel, right? But it was a sequel that took 35 years in between. That was a good movie, too. That was, it was a great, great movie. People were, like, jizzing their – you probably liked it for more reasons, but, like, maybe, but, like – It was actually – filmed. so it was actually filmed um, right, like, across the street when I was stationed in San Diego. Oh, nice. uh, they did a lot of the filming for that. I never got to see Tom Cruise. His little ass never made an appearance. <laughs> but I saw his like motorcycle and shit. It was pretty cool. Yeah, the I, that was like another movie too that even had a little bit of it. Because remember, they took the Taiwan flag off of his um, fighter fighter coat or his leather coat, um, and they put it back. They did after there yeah, was they, backlash. Yeah, yeah. That when I look at you know when I looked at that movie, that was kind of like the last big big blockbuster that did really good, and the movie was. It delivered, you know, it was easy. It was basically just, it was exactly what it said it was. It was action packed. It took time to build some characters, not too much. And it was fun. I think I've seen it twice. I even watched it, I think, again. And it, at home. it honored the characters that came before. It didn't tear down Tom Cruise's character. Oh, but it still showed so that good. he's a guy that has flaws. You know, yeah. I, and they did so good with, um, with, uh, um, why well, can't I think of his name? Um, Goose's son. No, no, not Goose's son. The dad, the, the, uh, you know, because he can't talk now. Oh, Val um, Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Like, they treated that extremely well. They actually wrote it into the movie. They didn't replace him with another generic old white guy. Like, I thought that was that was really good. But then you go and look at, what do you think happened to, is it just that, yeah, people, I think part it of it. It came out a really people, bad time, too. It, it came out the week before Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah, and that's true. Tom, Tom Cruise had an opportunity to move the film. And he didn't. Uh, I think he felt like everybody else should move for him. I, I felt like he was a little that. bit entitled, especially after the success of Mission Impossible. He was really mad that the IMAX theaters the IMAX were only going to yeah. give him one, one week of time so that they could then do Oppenheimer because Chris Nolan has a good partnership with them. Yeah. And I think that they really learned a lot of lessons in that. It, it, it was a good movie. I liked it. I'm not saying it's the best Mission Impossible. I, I love that franchise. I think four, five, and six are fucking phenomenal movies. Seven, mm. I don't think it was as good as some of the previous ones, but still solid. And I can't wait for the next one. But they've already shifted the date they're for the renaming it. One. Yeah. They're renaming it. That's right? how bad because it was. They're, they're taking lessons learned because I don't think they think it was a quality issue. I think they think it was a lot of other things that played into it. And Calling I would agree. Part one, I didn't like that. I think people are like, oh, it's part of a, it's part one of a two-part. Mission I know Impossible get... 7, Dead Reckoning, part one. That's a mouthful. Yeah. That's, That's a mouthful. uh the, um. Uh, that's almost as bad as Birds of Prey and the and the emancipation of one fantabulous uh, Harley Quinn. <laughs> they changed <laughs> that, that one too. Fail? <laughs> yeah. They started just calling that like Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. That's how they put it. They tried to change it. Yeah, they should have just called it Harley Quinn. I don't know what in the hell. That's another one where they're like, no, we got to highlight the these other characters that no one gives a shit about. Um, like nobody cares. And then you had that, uh, that cuck. Um, out there, the man, the villain's like, ooh, incels are going to really hate this movie. And uh, I was like, okay, <laughs> good luck out there. Nothing against Margot Robbie, but... I also think that um, Sound of Freedom came out at that same time. And yeah. I think that ate into a big chunk of the type of audience that would have typically gone out and supported Mission Impossible. That's a good I really point. do. When you look at the demographics involved... Yeah. Sound of Freedom started getting a lot of viral attention and was super successful. It made more domestically than Mission Impossible. Like, yeah, which is which is insane. Um, yeah. So no I one was really they... expecting that. 
and that yeah. combined with the release time, I think they they got a little it's, bit screwed, but it was a flop. Yeah, that one that one, I think the I think that the part of the um part of the the new wave of Hollywood is going to be much much smaller budgets. And I, one of the part of the Variety article yesterday, I don't know if you caught this part. Uh there's a Variety exposé sort of on the, just how bad Marvel is. And yeah. they talked about the Blade remake and the fact that it, it has a hundred million dollar budget. Most usually Marvel gives these people two to three hundred million. It has a hundred million dollar budget, which is plenty. The first Blade movie had a fifty million dollar budget. So but but today today's dollars is like eighty or ninety million. Um, and that was a banger. Like the first Blade movie is universally loved. Um, it's it's I still go to it holds up, which is shocking. Um they now said that they're on the they had taken the main character, Blade. I forget what his... He's a two-time Oscar winner, the actor. Maserati, something or other his name is. I don't know. But um, first, he was going to be Muslim. Then they had uh, three female characters that were going to take the lead. And he was going to be the fourth co-star in his own movie. And it was like, what? How do you keep doing this? It was legitimately like a joke. Like a joke headline... Like after the South Park Pandaverse special, put it a woman in it, make it lame and gay. Like yeah. that's how it felt. It like that's why Marshall Ali almost left because yeah. well, that yes, version of the yeah. script it was all about women uh, and life lessons, and he was the fourth lead in his own movie. Like yeah, and this guy I, is a two-time Oscar winner. He's not like some schlub. Yeah, it's wild. That thing's been through five different writers, two different directors, and Mar Marshall Ali's almost left. And I talked about this today. If if this wasn't Blade, if this wasn't a black character and they had this oh. many problems, yeah. I, I don't think there's any way they would have kept going. I think they would have canceled it and shit canned it. But because I, I, of how much they've been promoting this stuff, and I love Blade. Like those Wesley Snipes Blade movies are third one, eh, but they're they're fucking awesome. All right. I love yeah. them. Um, but I do think if you had this many problems, you probably would have moved off it, but they can't because this is Marvel. This is the new Marvel. The same reason Echo which is going to drop. That thing's been a disaster. But because they were so proud to promote, hey, we have an indigenous person of color who's deaf and disabled. Yeah, uh, we can't wait to feature her. Yeah. Can't cancel that, can you? Same thing with Snow White. The first Latin Snow or first Latina Snow White. Yeah, You can't fire Rachel Zegler and cancel the project. You were so proud for your diversity. I was, I, I, I have a, a video coming out about Blade and I, I made the same point. I was like, any other movie, they they cut this. They got to cut it. There is no chance that this movie has. I mean, they had to. I mean, they they see it at a hundred million dollar budget, but we don't know how much money they pissed away already uh, on all these rewrites and uh, and like they were and, they were a month before production when the last director <laughs> up and left. So like you are already invested in doing things in previs and like so, like they had to have already invested some money. You're one hundred percent right though. There's multiple problems in Hollywood. Um, one of them is that their agendas are in everything. But another is that the budgets are just out of control. It, like, I, I don't care how good the movie is. If you have a $250, $300 million budget, another $150 million in marketing, if you're setting yourself up to have to hit $900 or a $1 billion just to break even, you are fucked. That is not sustainable. When you're spending $225 million on dog shit streaming series, that's not sustainable. Yeah, that's, so they that's, really do have to bring these budgets way back, especially when you see 
Barbie, $150 million budget, which is still probably high, but they had probably a lot of production set stuff. And that did massive. Oppenheimer, $100 million budget, almost hits a billion. Mm -hmm. The Super Mario Brothers movie, $100 million budget. Somehow, animated movie with a $100 million budget while Pixar is doing $200 million flops, and they make a billion dollars. Even Five Nights at Freddy's, small you know, small budget made for a specific fan base that comes out and supports that thing. And they're gonna, yeah, and that movie's gonna probably gross five or six hundred million, but its budget was sub one hundred. So the, the, I mean, that's the that's the thing. Like, I think Disney, in a different time, we were talking about before we were live, um, and I, I actually have two separate videos on it. The latest reports that I read, so and all these numbers, fine, give or take twenty million, one way or the other. Captain Marvel. 275 million, somewhere between 250, 275 million. That movie's not making 700 million, which is what it would take to break even. Snow White, these numbers are also, as you educated me, legs, so they're even higher probably. And then yeah. Snow White, the latest numbers I saw were 330 million. And that doesn't include some of the stuff that's happened recently, doesn't include all the new CGI they have to do. There's no freaking way these movies, they're going to, and I think if they weren't, I think if if you if you or I were billionaires and you're like, dude, you you lost three hundred million, do you want to lose four hundred million? No. Okay, this sucks. Yeah. They would have scrapped them. I, I really mm-hmm. believe that they would have scrapped the Snow White movie after the initial backlash. I mean, even the Little Mermaid. I mean, maybe clawed and fought and broke even, but when you invest five hundred million, breaking even is a catastrophic loss. You're not expecting yeah, and, and like that movie didn't break even either. By the way. Like that, okay, that movie yeah. did not break even. It lost money theatrically. The way that these, and even people in the mainstream, have been getting away with this bullshit for a while, is they're like, "Well, here's the numbers we have. This is the theatrical numbers. They lose money." But they're like, "Well, when you look at Blu-ray and digital video sales projected over the course of its lifetime, yeah, we anticipate this amount of money." So that's an educated guess, but okay. And then the kicker is the streaming shit for. Yeah. Something like say, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Thor, yeah. Love, and Thunder, Disney, they paid themselves $100 million for the rights to stream Thor, Love, and Thunder. So, of course, yeah. And maybe that makes sense financially. Maybe on the open market, if you were selling those rights to Netflix, they would give yeah. you $100 million for the course of its life. Maybe, maybe that's like a realistic number. But when you're putting on your own streaming service, that you can say that number all you want, but you didn't actually break that's even. You paper. take money out of one pocket and put it in the other. Like yeah. that's bullshit. And that's yeah. another thing when going into streaming, these companies have gotten, they got fucked because they used to get a shit ton of money from Netflix for the rights to their stuff. It People doesn't happen anymore. Too. Now they're paying themselves to say that Thor Love and Thunder broke even, which it didn't. No, nope. but then they take the losses on the streaming service. Well, the, I don't remember who it was actually a Hollywood guy. Maybe you remember this. It was like a soundbite where they were explaining how the loss of DVD sales really hurt Hollywood. I forget. They were talking about budgets or something like, cause dude, I, I mean, you're old enough to remember a lot of my viewers are there. Was, I worked at Walmart when, uh, mm-hmm. with DVDs, like you saw the movie on Friday and you bought the DVD the day it came out. That's what everyone did. And so you were giving them $20 at the movie theater plus another 20 at Walmart. I like I worked there. I worked on um, new DVDs came out. I think either I think Thursdays or Tuesdays, maybe whatever. I stocked new DVDs and new games. So 
and it was like I put a new Marvel movie came out. It had like the whole shelf, and the people showed up the next day, and we sold out like every single time. Oh, it was Matt Damon. Thank you. Yes, Matt it was Matt Damon who talked about that. So thanks, chat. And he had a really like poignant remark about like how DVD sales used to bail out a lot of these like middling productions, and then yeah. now that they lost that, Hollywood refuses to gamble on anything that isn't a remake or a. You know, I think that was where he was going. Like, this is why everything sucks. They don't want to risk it because they don't have the DVD money. A hundred percent. It's a, it could take something that maybe you're questioning whether it broke even, and turn it into a financial hit. Like you. Look like, at Family Guy. The entire yeah. series was saved because of DVD sales. A lot of these things, like Marvel movie, used to get probably a hundred million extra in just Blu-ray and DVD sales. Mm -hmm. That's not the case anymore. People collected them. They never even bought. They bought the fucking steel books. People were yeah. paying when I worked at Walmart. People were buying the forty-five dollar versions of the DVD. And I'm and like, now what you have are you Best doing? Buy announcing that they're going to stop doing physical media. Yeah. Period. So and you know that that's trailing, which means it's it's bad now, but it's probably been bad for years. Like yeah. they, I think that, yeah. And and by the way, I'm I'm one of those people that will pay twenty dollars to stream something. I don't think I'm like a normal American, but you know, I I will pay to own it. Uh, I will pay twenty dollars to stream it digitally, but I don't think most people will do that. Um, you know, a lot of times, like it's in the theater. And I'm like a day and date guy. Like when Sonic came out, I'm like, I'll just pay 20 bucks to see it on streaming or, or whatever. But I still think most people would have preferred to pay $20 for the DVD. And they just, they didn't, they just took it from us. They, yeah. they didn't, we didn't say we didn't want DVDs. They took it from us. I think it's a, I think it's a combination. I think that they, I think that because of streaming and because these guys are now focused on taking their content and prioritize putting it on Disney Plus, you know, 45, 70 days after to get people to sign up for the streaming service, I think that has lessened the amount of sales just in general. Yeah. And they just yeah. eaten in that market. Then that combined with people, just their habits are, are different. I, I think it's a combination of everything. But if Best Buy is stopping it, it's telling you that they, they don't think that it's profitable for them anymore, period. Well, they've streaming has commodified a lot of content too. Yeah. Like it used to be a big deal when the DVD came out. It would have a flashy cover, and you love that fucking thing. You and then when and then they started doing the sleeve on the DVD, so they could have even more cool artwork on the outside. People collected them. People displayed it them. Deleted now, scenes and bloopers. I used to watch like all that. that. Oh my god, dude! Director's I, I commentary. Can't... They took all of that away. I, yeah. I how do you I don't even know how you watch that or if they even make it anymore? Bloopers were like, if I watch a funny movie, the very first thing after I watch bloopers, like always. And like that, Dude, all the always sunny blooper reels, <laughs> yeah. office blooper reels. My God, There's a reason they have like 10 million views on YouTube every season worth of blooper reels. People like them and they took that away. So then they devalued the product and now it's just a click of the mouse. And it went from getting this huge dopamine hit of going out to Walmart at midnight. Cause I, I closed, so I'd, people would come in and they would be like, all right, when it's eleven fifty nine, when the new DVDs come out, and like it used to be a thing, to now it's like oh, click, boop, boop, and then everything's all homogenized. They really did this to themselves. Dude, I remember um, going to Blockbusters like six months after a movie would come out, and you know they buy a shit ton of them, right? When they're yeah. hot, and then I they're did, left I with a bunch of them. There, yeah, dude, I, I bought always. like. So many like the five dollar sales or whatever yes. they had for DVDs. Most I've of my DVDs for that. Carts. I got carts full of those DVDs. I am never gonna fucking watch those again. But I've just yeah. got them sitting in in storage bin. 
Well, it's probably good because we've already seen multiple times where they, once it's on digital, they can just change it. Um, yeah. They can, I, I remember watching, a, I think it was the first, um, oh my God, well, it's a Keanu, like where Keanu's a goofball, Bill and Ted. And <laughs> yeah. there was like, a, at one moment in that movie, there was a Keanu Reeves character and the, the other guy like end up hugging and he uses the bundle of stick words. He, he's like, and I'm like, whoa, that's, I was watching on streaming. I'm like, they could have, I'm surprised they haven't edited this out. Bro, By like, the, oh, the, I was watching um, Hangover not that long ago. I was in Vegas and I was like, what a Hangover happened, man. Huh, let's watch Hangover yeah. in Vegas. Why not? Like in the first 10 minutes, he's like, Dr. Epsler, paging Dr. Epsler. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Remember when everyone could just be open about the fact that it's fucking funny to say that? Yeah, Remember when you didn't right. have to be worried? Remember when we acknowledged the reality that people still talk like that day to day? Yeah, yeah that was that was good. By the way, everyone, uh, if you're watching now, I am joined by Ryan Kinnell of RK Outpost and Geeks and Gamers and Sports Wars and... Uh, do you also, is, am I missing anything? I think that's pretty good. That's pretty much what I spend most of my time on. Like you said, Every, I, I put out a, I try to put out three to four videos a day on my main channel, three yeah. videos a day on sports wars. And then we do the daily geeks and gamers stream. Well, that is a lot of Ryan. And if you enjoy Ryan and, and you're just meeting him today on my stream, his links are in the description. Please make sure you go follow him, follow him on Twitter. Cause he's always tweeting out his, his stuff there as well. And, um, you know, Ryan, I, I know that you've got a lot going on today and you've given me a, a full hour and 20 minutes here. I want to let you get on with your, uh, your day. I'm sure you have lots of people to, uh, piss off. So I appreciate you coming on and, um, I hope that the rest of your, the rest of your Thursday, wait, what day is it? Yeah. It Thursday. Is Thursday yeah. Yeah. All the rest of your Thursday. I mean, dude, when you do this for like, like, I just like, oh, whatever. Oh, is there a day? Do days even matter? No. Well, the I just... reason I know it's Thursday, Jeremy, is because a week from today, the Marvels comes out. So, you know what I'm hoping is I'm hoping that Brie Larson gets an exception because I felt like, you know, having the director basically quit on the movie, that should have been a monster story. And like, it flopped. Like, it, for a video, like during the original Captain Marvel, that video would have gotten a million views. And I think I put it out and got like 70,000. And I'm like, damn, no one gives a shit at all anymore. I, I think it's a little bit, um, I think there's a little bit read between the lines there. Yeah, we have that source that say she left the movie. I don't think she actually like, she didn't storm she, off the set. Right. She, yeah, I, I think yeah. that she, this person that has no fucking experience, this person who's done two movies before yeah. getting this opportunity solely because she's a black female. Obviously. Um, yeah gets put in charge of a $250 million budget movie, probably more when it's all said and done. And I don't think the they of do anything, by the way. I think they hire directors just to say that's a piece of the marketing. And I think that Kevin Feige's machine handles 99% of everything. That is what I've heard from some people that may or may not have worked on a Disney Plus Marvel uh, TV show. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But 100%. So... I think her leaving that in the middle of post-production and editing, she probably didn't have a ton to do anyway. But mm. the idea that you would do that to work on your other project is probably seen as like super disrespectful. She's not and getting I, another Disney movie. I guarantee that. 
she came out a month ago and gave an interview. It's like, you know, I like playing in this world and it was an honor, but I think I'm done. I want to do my own stuff. She, she yeah. kind of shit all over Marvel a couple months ago. Yeah. But, I don't yeah, blame I, her. She, she probably, she probably like, cool. I got a Marvel movie. And they're like, Hey, yeah, uh, go sit over there, kid. Like, listen, uh, man, I, I think Bree's ready for her redemption arc. I've talked about this ever since she liked my tweet about a year ago. I yeah. feel like it's all been an upward trend for her. She's ready to leave the MCU. She's done with Captain Marvel. I love it, man. We're going to say that. Yeah, I hope so. And I mean, she hasn't even, and by the way, like she's not even the lead in her own movie. Like if you talk to the people that have seen the movie, it's all um, Kamala Khan, which I, you know, like I, I don't think I ever really shit on that character because it's not for me. It's clearly for like cringe kids. Um, Unless you're a teenage muslim female i don't know like how many other people are fans of that character in general well la uh last question so you, you, i'm seeing a lot of headlines about the box office so see if you can make a call some of the stuff now i think that some of this is like the last run of um box office predictions for opening weekend some people are saying 35 to 45 million which i believe is impossible it will not do that bad most people are saying 75 to 85 million and that was a disappointment where do you think the Marvels hits in the box office? Give me a 50 mil range. Okay. So I open a weekend. I think we're looking at, I think we're looking at like a 60 to 65 million. You think it is that bad then? Yeah. So the 30 to 35 million, I haven't heard that for the Marvels. I have heard that for Rachel Zegler's uh, oh, songbirds. No and one's going to see that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but well, she's going on promotion tour. Who knows? Yeah, um, that's true. But, <laughs> yeah, thank God. Yeah, say yeah. something. <laughs> but like the Marvels, considering the Marvels is tracking, like the pre-sales are tracking behind Eternals and behind and, and the Watch. I just, I think it's going to be really they bad. They lost 300, two or 300 million on Eternals too. That was it. Yes. Everyone knew when that came out, I was like, what? 12, 27? Why not make it 150 new characters that no one cares about? And then tell me I'm supposed to pay you money because one of them's deaf. Like, I'm like God, yes. Who and, thought that was a good idea? And look, this one's gay. Yeah. Uh, right. Oh, here, take my money. And Kevin Feige explicitly said the reason we chose this superhero team is because no one really knows them. So we could get away with race swapping them and changing their sexualities and genders. Of course. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? In terms of worldwide, it's hard to tell. My prediction is between 350 and 400 million dollars for the Marvels. I said five to six, so I'd say five to five fifty. So we're both we're both in the think, it's losing money. But think about this: Ant Man of the Wasp, Quantumania, that made four fifty. Do you think the Marvels is going to make more than that? Here's why I don't think it will, and I'm just being truthful. Okay, it's because there's the two two of the three main stars are black and brown, and most of the reason that these like mid tier Marvel movies end up making so much money is because they steal 200 million from China. Not going to happen for this. They used movie. to, they used they to, used, they don't yeah. anymore. Yeah. Now they don't anymore. Yeah. But they, I mean, I wonder if that also coincides with their push for di diversity. Like, Ironically in China, it's not called the Marvels. It's called Captain Marvel. Captain 2. Marvel two. Yes. Right. Exactly. And they, I bet you, if we saw the poster, it probably doesn't feature Im, Im, uh, Kamal, uh, Im, Im, Iman Vellani, whatever her name is. They got the John Boyega treatment. Yeah, I'll guaranteed. So that's why that's the one thing that makes me think. Okay, well, they're probably. I mean, dude. I mean, either if either one of us is anywhere close to right, this would be a, a just a. I mean, I that'll be Brie's last movie, guaranteed. She doesn't need them. The thing about Brie Larson and her and her beautiful boobs is that she mm. doesn't need Marvel. 
she can she's she's like she 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 could go do whatever mid-tier movie she wants to do she doesn't need marvel she doesn't need all the headache this is my hot take about brie larson she said some really retarded shit um you know in the lead up to captain marvel and it was just kind of generally viewed as a little bit insufferable in some of those interviews and stuff over the past four years i feel like brie larson's done nothing but try to rehabilitate her image i agree her youtube channel is proof of that she's like yeah and if you want to say that it's cringe or stupid or whatever that's fine but it's not like offensive like she's not pushing like blah 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 whatever she hasn't said anything wild um so and, and it sounds like she just wants to leave i put a lot of the blame on marvel and the mcu for the way that they treated her for they set her pushing, up for this for pushing her she's the most powerful if you have a problem with this character you're a racist you're a sexist yeah. you're a bigot and that's kevin they, feige's words basically yeah. like, you know. and i think they made it so much worse for her and i'm not saying that she didn't say some really dumb stuff and shouldn't have been roasted for it but in the past four years what has she really said um i don't think too much so i think she wants to get the hell out of there i don't think she's like the way that what's happened because of what marvel has done to her she really got stained by them. It's been a long time since her. I don't care what a 40 year old white guy says about a stitch in time. I don't give a shit about that anymore. I don't look at her Twitter and like, I don't look for her to say something stupid. I actually think she, I agree that Marvel really screwed her over by making her the anointed one. And, and some people have told me that actually Captain Marvel wasn't supposed to come out when it, when it actually did, but they it got fast tracked because yes. of wonder woman. They weren't planning yep. on making that movie, but then DC stole their thunder with it because they didn't really believe that a female-led superhero movie could do that well. Now, yep. there's some claims of that had Ike Perlmutter written all over it, maybe, who then got fired, blah, blah, because he's a Trump supporter, whatever. But yeah. they they fast-tracked that movie and told you it was the most important movie to watch. They put it between sandwiched between the two biggest superhero movies in history, and yep. they made the cliffhanger of Infinity War be all about Captain Marvel. Yeah. So, yeah, of course that movie made a billion dollars. Um even if it didn't necessarily deserve to. And now yeah, we're about this, to see what the sequel is going to do. Yeah, this I mean, I think I mean if it's where you say I mean that's a 300 million dollar loss. You know, that's Probably. Yeah, that's that's like that's a stock affecting number and that's like Brie Larson coming out and saying I'm I'm done with this. And like honestly the, I won't spoil it unless you want to, but have you heard about the two post-credit scenes? Yes. Um, so not the, gonna help. The the new like the new leaks that um that came out are pretty accurate to what was leaked two months ago, right? Like same yeah, fucking plot. But there's no X-Men shit. They flo- everyone floated that there's gonna be an X-Men thing and everyone wants to go see the movie for this X. It's not in Correct. there. It doesn't well, exist. Well, in that old leak, it didn't. I think it I mean, I what we've heard is that they changed it really recently. That it was a last second thing. The well, we'll just spoil it right now. Spoilers yeah, for the Marvels, by the way. Reports are Kelsey Grammer's Beast makes an appearance in the mid-credit scene, which was already a scene with Monica Rambo's mother Maria Rambo, who's dead in our in this universe, but is alive in this other universe, which is apparently that is one the of Fox the X-Men. post-credits. Yeah. Correct. What I heard is that does not exist from somebody who saw it and that it is a Riri Williams, Ironheart, female Avengers thing. Well, that is, from, that is from somebody who I'm, you know, based on everything they told me, they saw the movie. When did they see it? Because there, there's, there's I talked two, to him two days ago. 
But when did he see it, though? That's my oh, question. Oh, I guess I didn't ask that. Because then I, I think he just saw it like in the last couple of days because he he wow. texted me and he was like, hey, I'm going to see the movie. Do you want to know anything about it? And I was like, well, yeah, I want to know everything about it. Like the so, singing, the singing planet and all that stuff that lines up with everything that we've already known. The matriarch, you know, matri matriarchy planet. So what I've heard for months was that there's a mid credits and a post credit scene. The mid credits is the one where Maria Rambo's trapped. Yeah. She goes, it stops everything. She sees her mother in this other universe. And that that might be the one that's potentially changed to include Beast at the end. And then the so maybe they sneak scene, it in. Yeah, maybe they the, do sneak it in. And then the post credit scene has been reported for months. That it's like Kamala Khan, Young Avengers yes. type of thing. That's with, what I heard. And that's what yes. she's recruiting Ironheart. So Correct. it's like a young female Avengers thing. Yes, they're going to have Ironheart. They're going to have Ant-Man's daughter. They're going to yep. have uh, Hawkeye, female Hawkeye. Kamala Khan, yep. And Girl then Hawkeye, Kate Bishop or whatever Kate name Bishop, is. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what I've heard for months. So I can't wait because I hope that's true. Mm -hmm. um, because all female Avengers will be great. But what I think is uh, it's probably complete bullshit because in that very same Variety report, it said that they were like desperate to get Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson back. But the fact of the matter is they literally can't afford it. They said that Robert Downey Jr.'s salary for Iron Man 3 was $25 million. And we know that Scarlett Johansson got 20 and sued Disney and won. Yeah. Over, like, there's no way you can have... Robert Downey Jr. making 25 to 35 million, Scarlett Johansson making 20 million, Mark Ruffalo made, I mean, you got a hundred million dollars in salary before you even do a single thing. There's no way Disney could even afford to do it. Well, the thing with that, and we're all making a lot of assumptions about what that could be. Yeah. 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 You know, if that's a whole like Avengers six, get the gang back together, then yeah, certainly you're talking about those salaries. But if you're talking about a 10 Cameo. minute sequence, yeah, 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 where right. like, you could see them doing that. You could see them drawing people back in. The question, yeah, yeah. The question is, what does that mean for the MCU? That's the kind of question I've asked. If they did do that, if they did bring Robert Downey Jr., even if it's for a whole fucking movie, yeah, people would love to see that, but what does it mean for the Marvel Cinematic Universe? That's admitting you know, they, defeat, they, right? Well, they've, but, but even if you do one movie like that, how does it fix everything else that's happened? Like, and how do you fix it going forward? That's the real big question is what do you do now? They're talking yeah. about John of the Majors. What do we do with Kang? Do we recast? Well, do they got to get rid of him, right? He beat his wife, allegedly. Uh, I I, th I think there's a decent chance he gets off on it. I do um, too, but, but they're but not the hiring that, him back. But the fact that he's going to trial is a big deal. Yeah. There's been yeah. a lot of fake bullshit about that from people spreading shit like propagandists, but... Um, I don't believe it. I believe that usually most of these domestic things I've seen, if, you, if you're old and... You know, you get older, you see men and women in relationships. Yes, there are shitty men out there, but it's usually not just some dude coming home because a sports team lost and beating the crap out of his wife. It's usually something. Well, you know. what, I, what I said at the very beginning of this thing was it sounds like they were in the car. Maybe Jonathan Majors got a text or something from somebody he was like sleeping around with. She saw yeah. it, tried to grab the phone. Maybe he hit him. Maybe, maybe he did something and he responded in a way that was like more than what she did. That's what I said from yeah. the beginning. That yeah. sounds like exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, now, who that's you usually what happens? It's who like you think it is like it all is up to you, I guess. But well, it was the same thing with Johnny. Like I, I got shredded by the Johnny Depp stands because I was like, you guys realize that both of these people are probably shitty, and like, uh, like I, I fully believe almost everything that Amber Heard said about Johnny Depp, but she was just worse. 
Like I, I believe he's a, he's, a, I know he's a drug addict, alcohol, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't say that like Johnny Depp is some saint. I like, I would say right. he's probably done things he regretted in these arguments and things like that. But at the same time, it seemed like she was by far the aggressor. He she never put his more, hands on her and correct, she never proved that. You know, correct. So, like she was the aggressor. That. She was mm -hmm. more manipulative, like all these things. So like, I she believe she hit Elon Musk. Remember the Elon Musk eye bruise thing? I believe <laughs> She hit her first wife. She yeah. admitted to hitting. She went to jail for that. Yeah. She and got then, arrested at an airport, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then she hit. We know she hit Johnny. She admitted it on tape. So anyway, I'm, I meant to get you out of here. I'm going to continue going on, on on Rumble here. But uh, uh, Ryan Kennel here. Um, make sure you go follow him. Check out his show with Geeks and Gamers. Give him lots of super chats and Rumble rants when he's live next. And um, I'm going to switch over to staying on Rumble right now. So if you're on youtube uh, please come on over uh i'm gonna put the link in the description um right now so come on over to rumble to finish show thanks a lot ryan dude appreciate your time so much man best of luck to you hey thanks for having me man talk to you later see ya okay all right everybody um now we are going to stay on rumble so come on over uh we've got lots to uh look at talk about interesting stuff like that um, King of Biltong in the chat. Good afternoon from Anton's in Roanoke, Texas. That is free shipping on your Biltong using code the Q on landofbiltong.com and antonusa.com. Glad to be here and read all the chats today. Cheers, everyone. Yep, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, Biltong. It was very good. Um, he sent me some. It was delicious. Couldn't beat the price, obviously, but, um, you know, still something I'd be happy to pay for. Um, this, this was, uh, yeah, this was a good, we had good flow, I think. This is a good stream, you know? I think that was, uh, I think Ryan and I, uh, I think we had some good energy. Uh, Gary from Neurotics, yep, definitely be having him, too. Um, Jack Decker, when will you start starting at 1 p.m.? Well, we're going to see now if I, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to announce, I'm kind of in a more formal way announcing the, uh, the giveaway process. I wanted to set up, I wanted to set up the set today with all the giveaway items is because you can see it's still, it's still, um, you can see it's still. Halloween. Um, but uh, last time I did that, I showed you guys my butt crack. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I don't know if I'm dressed for it yet. Ryan seemed more mild than usual. I think he was just, you know, being respectful uh, for the, uh, you know. Um, because he's, you know, on my stream, and he knows I generally keep it a little bit more family friendly. Hey, Beaten Kitty. Nice to see you. Yeah, shout out first timers here on Rumble. Make sure you're following. The giveaway starts next week. It's going to be wild. Um, I'm hoping that we get some pretty good numbers. I'm hoping that we see, you know, kind of four to 6,000 every day. Do you think you'd guest appear on Timcast at some point? I've already been on Timcast, for sure. 
I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to go on TimCast again should our schedules link up. You know, that that's for sure. Hard to catch for the live show since I work, but I'm glad I was able to today. What's your PO box? I don't have one yet. By the way, you're still going to be able to win in that contest um, because you'll have to like 7 o'clock to enter, you know? Jeremy, when are you going to display all your YouTube plaques so we can see how cool you are? Uh, I, d I don't even know where they are. I'm, I'm more proud of my Rumble one, to be honest with you. Would I object to having guests swear? No, I don't care about that. Can you have any testimony on the CBD distillery sleep gummies? I can. I, I do use them. Um, I find that they do have a kind of a calming, warming effect for me. And um, I feel like it. I sleep a little deeper. Um, and uh, it's been a welcome addition kind of to my... To my uh, you know, nightly routine. Don't expect to like get baked from it or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like that's not how it works. The contest starts Monday. Joining Mug Club someday. I would absolutely love to go on Crowder's show. I would love to go poach some of his viewers. Could you get As? I've asked As. He hasn't replied to me, so I don't know. You know, he's pretty busy. I've got a lot of guests coming up. I've got another guest tomorrow, by the way. Jeremy, can you maybe go over how to enter the giveaway again? I want to make sure I'm doing it right. You'll find out on Monday. It's very easy. During the live stream, I'm going to post a link, and then you enter. I'm going to give you a password. There'll be a password, and then you enter the link. That's it. And then at night, I'll pick eight winners. My dad just recently converted my family's old bakery recipes to a smaller batch recipes and made a cookbook was hoping to ship you to one for the holidays oh that's cool i will get um i will i will get a i will get a, a p.o box I, I like that you know people send stuff and and things like that uh would i oh join mug club no no i got my own thing going i don't need mug club um you know i think uh you know ultimately I think Steven's doing an amazing thing with that, but you know, I'm doing my own thing here too, you know? And, um, you know, one thing I'll say is a lot of you are supporting, a lot of you are doing awesome and you're supporting me on locals lately. And that, and that's starting to build up and actually be a really legitimate, you know, it, by the end of the year, it could really be a nice group of people. If you're watching the show, hopefully, if you haven't yet, you'll click that uh, follow button. If this button is green that says follow, make sure you click it. I'm live every day from noon to about two o'clock. Also, um, yeah, I have Dave Landau coming on. Yeah. Um, but that um, also, if you want to support the show, it's five bucks a month, but I but I promise you it goes miles. You know, I've got two video editors and a graphic designer on pay on uh, on payroll. Um, so if you click the join button, it's five bucks a month. We'll do some members only stuff here in November, but more importantly, 
tossing me that tossing the team that five bucks a month goes a really long ways. That's my mug club and it's five bucks a month. Uh, what's Jeremy's coffee site or link? Well, it's coffeebrandcoffee.com, my friend. Um, and uh, you can save with promo code the quartering, one word. Jeremy, how about inviting Disparu? Oh, yeah, sure. Happy to do it. I think I, I sent him a DM. He never replied. Um, just got to get more members in Locals chat. Yeah, once we get enough people in Locals, like I want to get like, a couple hundred so that locals chats popping off more and it's more fun. You know, I want to see you play starship troopers with quarter black. Uh, I think quarter black Garrett's going to come on the show too. I asked Mahler. I, I mean, I ask, I ask, you know, every couple of weeks I, I reach out and I ask, um, Carter sells mugs. You sell something to put in the mugs that should tell you everything you need to know about your content and his lack thereof. <laughs> Um, I tried to get, I actually tried to get Crowder to partner with me. I just don't think he, it's like an extra amount of work, you know, uh, yellow flash. I'll, I'll bring yellow flash on hundred percent, you know, hundred percent happy. I've got Eric July tomorrow. I think no, Tim Young's tomorrow. Tim Young's tomorrow. Yeah, definitely don't feel like you have to join locals. If that's going to put you out, don't do it, you know. Uh, Nick Ricada will be on soon, yep. So I've got five standalone videos I'm going to work on uh, right now for the rest of the day. And then tomorrow we're back with another interview. It's Tim Young, um, kind of a OG, a conservative commentator. Should be pretty fun. Jeremy heard Mark Dice might be coming up. Yes, he is on next Friday. Have Krigler on. I wouldn't want to talk drama, you know. I, I would talk other stuff with him. I'm trying to kind of rebuild some of my relationships with people that I kind of shit on over the years, you know. It's not good for business, especially when you're looking for, uh, you know, when you're looking for guests. What's better prop for you, joining locals or ordering a bag of coffee per month? i probably make a little bit more on locals, but I'd rather you get something for your money. I'd rather you buy the coffee. So, all right, well, I'm going to uh, get working on my standalone videos right now. And uh, I hope that you will all see you tomorrow at noon for Tim Young. And, uh, and then I hope that uh, we'll see a lot more of you in the passing days. If today's your first day, please come back tomorrow. I'd love to see you. Chrissy Mayer, sure, I'll get her. I'll bring anyone on that, that you guys want. Just email me. Or tell them, or if there's somebody you want to see on the show, tell them to get on the, you know, to DM me and I'll make, I'll make them, uh, I'll make a room for them. What is it? Have you watched the Boogie 2988 bio? What is that? Did he put it out? People keep talking about that. Or maybe it's just you. Hey, first time on Rumble, witchy, very cool. I, by the way, um, they're installing my cable right now. And for next week, we should be on Spectrum. So we should be at 1080p. We should have a cleaner stream, hopefully. You know, hopefully. Boogie2988 documentary. The Dark, Sad Life of Boogie. 
Who put this out? Is it June the King? Is it the continual fall of Boogie 2988? It's got like a million views. Oh no, it's actually the dark, sad life of Boogie. Okay. I have not seen it. Um, but uh, I'm going to get to work. I'm going to update my set. I'm going to take a shower so I don't smell. I know you guys don't smell. Make sure you follow the channel. We'll see you tomorrow. In 22 hours, we'll be live again. Appreciate you.